Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to Bill Roden on Sports, another episode. Rose Pod at Rose Pod on Twitter. Um, we're back again for another riveting conversation. We got uh, our guest host here, as and you know who he is, Otis Harper, WBKS1.com, in the game, uh, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. What's up? What's going on, Murph? How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, it feels like it's still basketball season. It does. You know, the NBA has managed to keep its name in the papers or, well, the papers, but keep its name old on school. the media. You old school. Yeah, right. I'm old school, right? <laughs> that sounds old. But no, to keep its its topics and its players in the media, the conversation is going well with the NBA. The summer league just wrapped up, which is fascinating to me and also fascinating on some level, but also boring on another because it's, I just realized it was only seven games, but... You know, I guess it has some value, but we'll get into that. What the the summer league? Yeah, the summer league. Summer league seven. Yeah, we 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 had this discussion uh, yeah. off off air a couple times. You know, I'm a big summer league guy. Uh, you know, I just, to me, I put I put some stock into it. You you weren't really feeling it. You know, it's seven games. It's not the superstars. It is what it is. I guess it has some value for younger players to get them experience of playing. Not only it, it's not high-level NBA basketball. It is professional basketball on some level, but it's kind of equivalent to the G League, if you if you ask me. But I guess it has some value. You know, you had Josh Harris, L.A. Lakers, winning the MVP. Um, and you get to see, I guess, sort of the initial appearances of the players. You said, you know, DeAndre Ayton looked good. Trey Young looked played well. You know, and then you got some second-year players that come out there and really show their development. Right. So it does have some value. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a step up. You know, it's a, it's definitely it's better competition than the college game. Right. The rules are you have NBA rules. You do have the pressure of you know the crowd and, and sure. you're on ESPN every night. So sure. it's that added pressure. Oh, who who's going to be good? Like the mm-hmm. Trey Young, for instance, who struggled shooting uh, the first couple of games. You know that pressure was on him. Mm-hmm. So you know you d- you definitely get a, a different look at guys. Um, and again, it's the top guys playing against each other. Right. So you can you can at the very least evaluate them evaluate from that them perspective. In, yeah. For you know, for in some respects, against each other, like who who came to play, who didn't. Uh, speaking of that, the Knicks. Uh, if you if you go by the summer league and, and beyond the summer league, <laughs> you go by the pedigree of the players. Uh, it looks like the Knicks had a. We're in New York City, by the way. Um, the Knicks had a very good draft. I'm Listen, I, I'm impressed by Kevin Knox. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect from him, but he played well. He was a fourth in the league in scoring at 21.3 points in the summer league. Now, again, it's a small sample size, but you right. take it for what it's worth. It does have some value. Like right. you said, you're playing against better competition than he played in college, and you're playing that step up, another elevation of level of players, you know, from the college game to pro game, but these are better, you know, one step up player so it's good to see and I, and I was impressed by Kevin Knox so the Knicks should feel optimistic Knicks fans should be optimistic with, with what they drafted I, I think right. again I didn't know what to expect from him but he right. looked good you know he's he top 10 high school guy and went to Kentucky uh you know dropped 16 points a game in Kentucky um still one of the younger guys in the draft 18 19 I think I think he just turned 19 yeah if I'm not mistaken so he's one of the younger guys in the draft and really, he 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 was imposing physically. That was one mm-hmm. one of the big uh, takeaways from the summer league. Is he 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 just was bigger than most guys could absorb contact. Uh, 
you know, could draw fouls. And then the steal, you know, one of, you know, you hate to say it now, you can't say who the steal of the draft mm-hmm. is, but one of the guys who looks like could, could be a steal in the draft was their second round pick, Mitchell Robinson, mm-hmm. who again was a top ten high school guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw him at Jordan Brand Classic. He was he was right there with Mo Bamba mm-hmm. in terms of being ranked. Even mm-hmm. Aiton, the number one pick, it was he was one of the big guys that was one of the top guys in the country just a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, just one year ago. Yeah. And then he didn't play. He was supposed to go to Western Kentucky, did not play there. Um, so that brought up kind of issues like does he have his head straight? Right. Blah blah blah. But he got out on the court. And he was one of the most efficient guys in the entire summer league. Seven mm. foot, seven foot guy uh, was blocked four shots a game. Nice, um, had double doubles. So he's, you know, they got two guys who are likely to be cornerstones. And just because they get Mitchell Robinson in the, in the second round, don't forget, like I said, he was a top ten guy for his age group just right. last year. Just last so year. So he has the pedigree also. Right. He's got some talent. You, you look for him to do some things. And what do you got, Porzingis coming back to Knicks? Well, he's, you know, he, he's he's coming back from the, the ACL. Right. Um, there's, you know, the timetable officially is usually comes back around Christmas. Oh, okay. So but he's going to be out that long. Yeah, he's going to be out at least that long. And okay. Then, and then, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Knicks uh, writers and fans would say, you know, why not keep him out longer? Like, what's the rush? You well, want that? You want that lottery pick next year? The good thing about that is it gives those younger players, the Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinsons, a chance to develop into and to give them some playing time to see what they're going to be. Because now you don't have the pressure of playing Porzingis. You know, he can stay out, and if they're playing well. Maybe you bring him back, you know, around right. that Christmas time. If they're playing poorly, maybe you let them heal up a little bit longer. So it gives you some options with the Nick, fan, Nick fans and the Knicks organization. Knicks aren't going to do anything. They're not winning a championship. Uh, they're probably no, not no going championship. This not year? this year. Oh. Maybe three years from three years All from right. now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably right. That's right. But no, I mean, and that's the way you got to look at it. I mean, if you are two, if you're the Knicks fans and you're two years away from being two years away, that's four years. You're good. That's not bad. That's not bad. You know, Porzingis will be a, an experienced vet. Knox will be, you know, in his third or fourth year. I mean, you got you got some building blocks. We'll see what happens. Obviously, the big news is DeRozan and Kawhi, the DeRozan and and Kawhi Leonard trade. Absolutely. But but let's before we get to that, and we will. And let me just. Uh, let me just give a shout out to Bill, the the legendary Bill Roden. He's not here today. Yes, thank you, Bill. All and, as always, and, you for know, let me jump uh, in here. He's, you know, he, he's on the road, but you never know with Bill. He might just yeah. call in unexpectedly. Come in here and yell at me for yeah. sitting in his chair. Exactly. So you <laughs> never know. He might just pop up. He might pop up in here. Uh, but and I appreciate Bill for letting me sit in. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> I hear you. The great Bill Roden. But yeah, so let's get let's talk about because I haven't talked about it with you. Um, you know, you're a Lakers fan. This is Absolutely. a Lakers fan, by the way. Absolutely. I've been a Lakers fan going back to the Magic days. We're talking 79, 80, showing my age a little bit. But that was the first team I loved. You know, people make evaluations. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was a kid, the Knicks stunk. Mm-hmm. The Lakers were good. The Celtics were good. I said, I like the purple and gold. I'm going to ride with the Lakers. So I've been a Lakers fan ever since. And I, and I was a Laker fan when Magic was there. I mean, mm-hmm. Magic was my all-time favorite player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was definitely I was a Laker fan, you know, hardcore back then. My father tried to make me a Knicks fan, though. I had more Knicks garbage, Knicks wristbands, Knicks headbands. I mean, he who, tried so who, who hard. Who they have? Like Johnny Newman, Lewis Orr. I, you know, the Good best players. player was um, uh, Clyde. I loved Clyde. Mm. You know, I mm. had a Clyde jersey when I was a kid. I loved his game. I loved you know his defensive ability, but he wasn't enough to make me a fan. All right, all right. So LeBron to the Lakers. What's your take? You know, first of all, you can see the smile on my face. You can't, the the listeners can't see it, but you can probably hear it coming through the microphone. I was always a LeBron James supporter. Um, I supported him in Cleveland. I supported him in Miami. But now I feel like I can be a full-on LeBron James fan because he's a Laker now. 
Um, I think he immediately makes them relevant, um, and that's good for the league. The Lakers being a cornerstone franchise along with Boston, you know, Chicago to some degree with Michael Jordan. The Knicks obviously are a, a team that always gets talked about even when they're bad. Mm-hmm. But the Lakers are a team that the league really wants to be good. So it's a good decision from, from in, in terms of the grand scheme of NBA basketball. But a, as a fan, I mean, I'm looking forward to see what he can do. He's in great shape. People may say he's 33. We're catching him on the tail end of his career. But his numbers last year kept getting better, so he's more impressive. I don't expect any decline for at least another two, maybe three years. It's a four-year deal, so it looks like he's going to play the remainder of his career in L.A., which is exciting to me. I'm looking for a five, six seed, 43 to 45 win team next mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's reasonable. And obviously with LeBron James, you know you're automatically a playoff team. We saw what he did in Cleveland carrying those four players to the finals, and that was in the East. Obviously, not going to happen in the West because the West is a tougher conference, but Lakers are relevant again. That's good news for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think they're, you know, as the team is constituted now, I was one of the guys who, who thought that they should, you know, try a little harder to get Kawhi and but not, you know, not give up everything. Um, but I guess, you know, Popovich wasn't trying to hear that. He probably wanted, he was happy he got to send uh, DeRozan out East, and we'll talk about that, like I said, but um, I agree with you. I think I think LA right now, as the team looks now, is is about a, a you know four five six seed. Mm-hmm. No, I say five six seed. Um, you know, I got friends who are Laker fans who, who who are mad at me for saying that. You know, they they say it's a three. They're already a three, but I'm like, who's who's the number two guy? You couldn't tell me who the number two guy right. is. Right, and I'm and and I'm saying forty five to forty seven wins. That's already plus ten of what they had last mm-hmm. year. They, they won thirty five games last year. I'm mm-hmm. giving LeBron all kinds of credit as he deserves, um, but like you said, it's the West. They're not going to run through the West, and you got and you're playing a West schedule. It's not just you're in the West. You're playing all those teams much more. Absolutely. Okay? So yeah, if he had the team, if he had this Lakers team in the East, they'd probably get to the East. Oh yeah. The, the championship yeah. If again. this team was in the East, they'd be a fifty win team. You know, at a three seed or something like right. that, and, and still make the finals. And still make the finals. Well, yeah, I would think in so. East. In the East, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, Boston, I forgot. forgot Boston, yeah, Boston's with coming. a little more experience. But I'd have to believe that this team in the East would be in the Eastern Conference Finals, no if question. not the NBA Finals. Um, I, I'm very excited. You know, I, I, I when he. I, everybody kind of expected it. Right. You know, the Lakers, we talked about it off air. Lakers didn't really get, you know, Jerry West was not critical, but not praising them for getting LeBron because right. he said, what would you say? He said LeBron wanted to come yeah, here. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's just telling the truth. I mean, some people That's in the fair. media tried to, tried to twist it as if he's hating. Maybe he's hating, but he's, he's just telling the truth. Right. LeBron wanted to go to L.A., um, you can tell by the fact he didn't bring two other All-Stars with him in order to do it. He just was like, hey, I'm coming here. Let's work together. This is where I want to be. I'll sign. You know, he didn't, he didn't just do the one-year contract mm-hmm. opt-out thing. He went the full three, four years because that's where he wants to be, you know, basketball-wise and, and probably more importantly, lifestyle-wise. Right. I think the lifestyle is a big part of it. And, and also the Magic Johnson, you know, right. coming on, that played a big role into it. Say, listen, you want to be a big-time star? Look at Magic. Magic's the king of L.A. 
And all of that has led, all of that stardom that Magic had coming out of L.A. led to all of his business endeavors, whether it's the Dodgers, whether it's Starbucks. You know, that all create, was created around the Laker brand, and, and, or I should say not created around, but stemmed from him being the Lakers guard. And you don't think that he told LeBron, hey, listen, you're a superstar, but if you want to be an even bigger star, come to L.A. This is where stars are made. You see Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, Shaquille's got commercials from everything from back pain cream to, you know, I, I don't know. But And that also comes, it stems from being the center of the Lakers. Right. He didn't have that in Miami. Right. He didn't have it in Boston or Phoenix. Right. And L.A., that's where stars go, you know. And, and LeBron, I'm sure, considers himself, you know, as much as, you know, as the biggest of the stars, yeah. he, you know, he wants to, you know, we know his his aspirations and all that. But your brand can always be bigger, right. you know, and, and like you said, that's where stars go. Now, to go back to the standings, I mean, even if if your friends, I don't know what they're talking about because the lowest seed, the eight seed, have 47 wins in the West. Right. So 45 may not even get them in. <laughs> right. I mean, 45 wouldn't have got them in this year. Right. They're going to have to be a 40, if all things remain equal, which obviously you can't predict that, but you're going to say, look, the four seed had 48 wins. Five seed had 48 wins. The six seed in the West had 48 wins. Right. And I, yeah, you can, I was, I was, I say 47, 48 wins. If you for them to talk about the three seed though, it, that's ridiculous. Well, there was one, one game separated True. The, the, the three from the eight, pretty much. So that's it was, true. It was crazy. Yeah, it was two games because so it's 49. I'm looking at it now so 49 to 47. So you, you're in that range. Anything could happen, first of all. True. You Very true. But like you know, teams, teams. Okay, Houston probably not as good as they were last year. I'll give Golden you that. State got better Golden with the State, pick of Boogie. Golden State's gonna be fine. The Spurs, we're just about to get into the Rosen thing. Spurs are probably gonna be a factor. I mean, they won forty something, 47. 40, 47 games last year, and Kawhi played like five we, games. Can we go back to the Warriors? Okay, with the Boogie Cousins pickup. You don't like that? You know, it's like the rich getting richer, man. I understand Boogie's coming off of the injury, what was it, torn Achilles, right? And he may not have had a lot of offers, so he took whatever. And, you know, I don't criticize him for going to Golden State. For me as a fan, it's like, okay, you had four All-Stars, and now you need you picked up a guy that can score 20 and 13 easy. Now, I don't know that he's going to do that on that team because of the way the team structures. Where is he getting his shots? He'll obviously get 10, 12 rebounds easy. Him and Draymond, and then, you know, you got the big, the other three out there bombing it. But Boogie, did they really need that? Is that good for the league? Let me ask you that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think that's, you know, everything just had to come together. You know, it was all these outside circumstances. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Boogie doesn't get injured in the first mm-hmm. place, this never happens. Right, he's a max um, player somewhere. If the other teams don't want to take a chance on him, like what happened this year because of the injury, right? Um, you know, they didn't want to give him the max deal. They didn't want to give him, you know, close to the max deal, be- right. Because of it, um, and it's, I think it's perfect for Boogie. I think it's perfect for him because he gets a chance uh, to go to a team where they don't. There's no question, and they don't need to rush him back. Mm-hmm. He can get 100 percent healthy. And then he can just fit in. There's no pressure for him to put up big numbers as soon as he comes back. True. You know what I mean? And then once he can show, all he has to really do to show that he deserves a max deal is to, sh- is to show he can run and jump again. Sure. So if he can just show he's, he's still athletic, he's over the injury. And then at the, and the biggest thing to me is, you know, one of his, one, his biggest problems is probably his reputation right. as a guy that you, can't, that you don't want on your team or in your organization. Can he fit in? So, I mean, if, 
he's going to a situation. There's gonna be no pressure on True. him. Um, all these guys get along. You're 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 fighting for a clear chance at a, at a ring. So Boogie has a chance to get a to rehab, basically have a rehab year, get a <laughs> get ring, a ring yeah. in the meantime, <laughs> and also show people like, look, I didn't destroy the team. We right. good, blah blah blah. Right, I I'm can a, still play. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. What? what? A I got champion. a ring. Right. I'm a winner. Right. I hit some big shots along the way. What? You know. So I mean, you got you can't fault Golden State. I mean, that's a great deal for them. Right. That's, that's, that's what they're supposed for to for five point three million dollars. It's nothing for them, and you're supposed to try to make your team better. But let me tell you this now. I read a report that said that uh, according to a 2013 medical study, they identified 18 players who suffered major Achilles injuries over a 23-year span mm. from 88 to 2011. Mm. Seven of those players never made it back to the NBA. Mm. And players who returned missed an average of 56 games and saw their player efficiency rating decline in their first and second seasons back. So this is a very serious injury, and it's very difficult to come back. I would say it's probably even more difficult than an ACL to come back from. So it, it doesn't surprise me given the statistics because, you know, if we have it, you know teams have it, and they say, look, I'm not touching Boogie because the likelihood that he's going to be what he was is probably very low. No, it's, 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 it's true. It's one of the toughest injuries uh, to come back from. I actually tore both. I, I tore, Did you really? Yeah, I, I tore both my in both, wow. in both Is ankles. it painful? Yeah, I mean the surgery and the yeah. rehab is is painful. Mm-hmm. When it happens, it just pops. Yeah. You don't know what what happens. It's totally random too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like my pops you, you keep, tore his. They say it's the it's the it's the weekend warrior injury for, oh, for, is for, it? for regular people. Got you, like me who were playing after you turn thirty and you still try to play ball on the weekend. Right, right. It's bound to happen. So okay. Be, so if you're over thirty out there, be careful. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> do your little do your little toe raises. You know, tape those ankles. <laughs> Because it's you know so for me and you know obviously I don't know what it's like to come back to, to any kind of pro level to a pro right. level athlete I know it's hard to just run and catch the train for, mm. like, for like two years later wow you know so it's it's a real situation my only thing with Boogie that may that makes me think he could he could do it is because he's not an above the rim guy per right. se um, he's more strength and skill mm-hmm. has touch um, you know uh, but I think it's it's no question it's going to take him a couple years to feel, you know, like he used to feel. There's no question about it. And it's sad to see because a, a great – I mean, he's a great player. He's a legitimately great player. I remember a couple of years ago I watched a game It was when he was back in Sacramento and he scored like 50-some-odd points, 50-plus. And, I mean, he scored in every way. Mid-range jumper, three-pointers, going to the hoop, layups, rebounds, putbacks. And I just sat there in total awe because, obviously, when he was in Sacramento, it was tough to get him – you know, he don't get a lot of airtime, Sacramento – but to see him do all of that, and he had like 20-some-odd rebounds, I was stunned. I didn't know just how good he was, but that really sort of pushed me over to the positive side of his ability. And I just hope that for his sake and for, for fans of the NBA that he comes back to be even somewhat of what he was. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing with him. I mean, he's a beast when, he's, when he was 100% healthy, no question. I mean, people, a lot of people said he was the best center in the league. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was an all-star, you know, all-star starter. Last year, in case people forgot, yeah, um, you know him and Anthony Davis, you know. So, 
Uh, you know, there's no question he's a beast. And that's the thing with Golden State, too, why it, it, it's like a no-brainer for them this right, year. Right, absolutely. Is, you know, if he, even if he's 70 80%, he can still help. Still. Because we know easy. what he is 100%. Easy. He could do 15 you know? and 10 yeah, w- he, with his eyes closed. If he plays, you know, 15 minutes, right. you know, he could get that. Get so, you 12 and 8, something yeah, easy. They don't you know, even need, and, you know. And people sleep on him because he, he's a total – he has a complete game. Right. Like that's why I said he's a skilled Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. So he can even he can pass. He, yeah. he hasn't sh- you know he shows it on occasion on other teams, but you know when he, ha- he I guarantee you his assists he probably has his best assist year ever this probably, year. Yeah, that's easy. All exactly. That around him. Let's move over to the big news of the day, mm-hmm. um, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. and that's the that Kawhi finally gets traded from the Spurs, um, but it's not to the Lakers. You know, Sadly, it's to it's to the farthest thing from from the Lakers. That's <laughs> the Toronto Raptors. We're actually going to talk to very soon. We're going to talk to uh, Jabari Young, who's the beat writer for the Spurs for the San Antonio Express. Uh, so we're going to talk to him in a couple minutes. But just before we get to him, what what, what was your thought on that? You know, I think it was a diss by Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs to kind of send him to Canada. You know, my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, not a lot of players want to go play in Canada. Mm-hmm. They have a higher tax rate, so it costs you more money. Right. You know, I think it's 53% versus 37 in the states, which is the highest, and no state income tax in Texas. Right. So he's going to lose money at least for one year. Um, I think it's good for Santa and I'm sorry, for Toronto. Um, they get to kind of revamp their roster, get a great player in Kawhi Leonard, assuming he comes back from the injury. He only played nine games. He was out last year. Um, but Kawhi Leonard, assuming he comes back 100%, he's a great player. And what were they doing last year? Now, granted, LeBron's out of the East, but what did they do? They got swept. Right. You can't do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. What they call that insanity, as they say. Right. So you had to make some changes. I heard DeMar Rosen wasn't too happy about it. But, you know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he goes to a good spot. He's going to a place where he's going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got one of the best coaches of all time. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you. I think both, I think both sides won. Um, I, think, I think San Antonio, uh, that's the best player they, that they were going to get mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, they may have gotten some picks or younger guys, but in mm-hmm. terms of a – in terms of an actual commodity, right? Like how good that player could be right now. That's mm-hmm. the, by far the best they could get. So they get over. They also got the young kid Pirtle, mm-hmm. who's very good on mm-hmm. the low. Like he mm-hmm. was a ninth pick in the 2016 draft. I think he averaged like eight, nine, and five in okay. the second year in limited minutes. So he's he can he can be pretty good too. Um, but you know, on the other side, like you said, I agree. Toronto had to do something. Mm-hmm. We all were screaming, like, "Come on!" You know. After after that, they got swept by Cleveland last yep. year. You know they're not going to get it done. This is not a championship team. You know why? You know why go along with the same guys? They have to do something, and they found an interesting way to do it. They get rid of DeRozan's contract. Yes, they had him for like three more years. Three after, more years. Three I more think years. It was like Eighty mil or yeah. something. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, we we try the Kawhi thing. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you start over. Cause, right. Which is what we would have been screaming for them to do anyway. You were going to have to do that anyway. They got rid of Dwayne Casey, the coach of the year. Now, my the interesting thing is that they only hired his assistant. So you really haven't changed. I mean, I don't know what the assistant's going to do, but you kind of figure 
they have similar philosophies. They were right. on the same coaching staff, but that's neither here nor there. You got a great player like Kawhi. He's a one-year rental, or maybe you convince him to stay. You stay in Toronto. Toronto's a, pr- a great city, you know, mm-hmm. from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you'd sell Kawhi on being the, the, the cornerstone of building a new franchise. And maybe you can even get to the finals with, with LeBron gone. So you might have a great chance to win 58 games, be the number one seed again. You got to obviously watch out for Boston. But if you can take down Boston, now you're in the Eastern Conference Finals with Kawhi. And you say, hey, look, we get another player here or there. We sign you to a long term deal. We'll come back again. Also, I mean, obviously, everybody knows you got to face Golden State. So you got to climb that mountain. But you have made progress by making change. No question. And that's, that's if, uh, as long as Kawhi plays and is, and is healthy, we'll see. Uh, Let's take a break. Uh, When we come back, we'll be talking to Jabari Young, the uh, San Antonio Express news writer. He covers the Spurs in the NBA. He's a Philly dude. Uh, So we'll talk to him. He got a chance to to speak to uh, Popovich yesterday. So uh, we'll get uh, his insight on the whole situation when we come back. I want to put you all up on Audible. Uh, Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read, particularly in these days and times. To download your free audio book today, go to audibletrial.com back, backslash Bill Roden on sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports for your free audio book. Okay, we're back with Jabari Young, uh, writer for the San Antonio Express News, covers the Spurs and the NBA. Um, he, he spoke to uh, Popovich yesterday, you know, I saw that on Twitter. Uh, Popovich has some interesting uh, things to say. Uh, what's going on, man? Otis Jamal, man. I'm good. How about yourself? Thanks for having me on the show. Doing pretty, well. Pretty good. Pretty good. So, obviously, Kawhi for DeRozan. Um, what do you think of the trade as far as, this, as far as the Spurs go, but also for Toronto? Well, you know, keep it real. I'm happy it's over. <laughs> yeah, I, you. I, ain't, I ain't front. I'm happy it's over. You know I mean, you know the the, the ups, the rumors, um, um, you know, taking calls, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. I mean, it's fun when you're in the trenches. You know what I mean? It's from a sports journalist perspective. You know, as a kid growing up, you want to cover big trades like this. But then at at a certain time, you're like, man, all right, I'm ready for this to be over. <laughs> right. so I'm, I'm happy it's over, uh, so I can kind of enjoy the rest of the summer a little bit. But I mean, listen, you know. The Spurs, I think, with this trade, uh, they made a statement that they're not ready to, you know, knock everything down and just start rebuilding. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg Popovich clearly said, "Yo, I have a, a lot of years, or not a lot, but I still want to coach. And when I'm done, I'm done. But right now, I'm not done. And so while I'm not done, I'm gonna try to put the best team on the floor so I can try to win another championship. You know, right. and that's respectable. Um, and then I also think a little bit of it that listen, I, I think the Spurs understand that rebuilding is hard." And I was talking to an Eastern Conference exec, and he said, you know, don't just think that it's so easy to knock down a team and just rebuild. That, that's, that's a very difficult decision. And in a market like San Antonio, 
will you know you, those ticket sales will they be impacted? You know, will, will people still show up because now you got a team that's not winning like they used to when Tim Duncan was playing? So, um, you know, I think they clearly made a statement that they're still trying to compete in the West. Adding a guy like Demar Derozan, who I call the mid-range king, the man can get twenty, thirty in his sleep in the mid-range. He can attack the basket. I mean. What they did was they added firepower. They took away defense, and they said firepower. We're going to add firepower. We'll do our best. We'll show as much effort as we can on defense, but we need scoring. In order to get through Houston, we need scoring. In order to get through the Golden State Rockets, we need scoring. In order to get through the newly refurbished Los Angeles Lakers, we're going to need scoring. DeMar DeRozan adds that scoring. You sign back Rudy Gay, you know, a year removed from that Achilles, and now we're expecting him to be much better than he was last year when he was fresh off of that injury. LaMarcus Aldridge returned to the All-Star game. You're hoping that he can, uh, you know, do what he does. You know, you go out and get a shooter in Marco Bellinelli. They're clearly thinking that they can still compete in the West, and so I like the deal from that perspective. Uh, I don't know if they won the deal because if Kawhi Leonard is healthy, we both know who's the better. We all know who's the better player, no disrespect to DeMar. Right. But Kawhi is just better because he's a better defensive guy. He's a two-way guy. Uh, and then you get a guy like Danny Green, who's one of the you know best perimeter defenders in the league as well. So Toronto clearly upgraded. At the Spurs, you know, they basically you know add scoring to a team that was you know devoid of that last year, but still won 47 games. So um, I like it on a both on, on both perspectives. And I think the Spurs, you know, walked away. Uh, a winner uh, in their mind, and I think the Raptors walked away a winner uh, in their mind. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, I think the Raptors won the deal because you know obviously you get the better player in Kawhi Leonard if he's healthy and he continues to he shows what he was like 2015-16 season. But then I get down to that pick, that first protected one through twenty. Nah, I wouldn't have done that if I was the Spurs. I probably look you have one through ten, but I'm not giving you one through twenty. And then if it if it lands within that range of one through twenty, you get two second round picks. You know, next year, I mean, I know the Spurs are really, really good at finding diamonds in a rough, but, mm-hmm. I mean, for Kawhi Leonard, I think I deserve a, a, a protected 1-5, through 1-10 fine, but anything under that, you got to give me that pick. So um, that's the only reason I say the Raptors want it. Uh, but like, like I said, it, it's over now. The Spurs got who they got. Raptors got who they got. Now it's time to move on and play ball. Who, uh, I, w- I just want to take you back. I know you're tired of it. I get it, you know. But but how, like, like, where did this all come from as far as Kawhi wanting to get out? Um, you know, how did, it, how did it come to this? You know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, you can go down a list of things and we can, you know, sit up here until I'm blue in the face and say, oh, it was this, this, that, and the other. You know, at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, you know, I you know, talked to Kawhi reps, you know, over the last week and a half, um, and you just had a dude that wanted to get out. He wanted to go home. He wanted to play in L.A. Uh, I don't know if there's any finger pointing. I don't know if there's anybody to blame. You just had a dude who said, yo, I just don't want to be here anymore. And sometimes that's all you need to say. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to say, oh, well, the Spurs, he feel like the Spurs misdiagnosed him, man. He doesn't like the way that this word was said or that word was phrased. Or sometimes at the end of the day, you just got to keep it real. Like, yo, yo, I, I like it down in San Antonio. It's, it's, it's great city for people that live here and for the people are from here. I'm from L.A. I'm from San Diego. I'm from Moreno Valley. Mm. I want to go back to Cali. I want to play home. You know, And if that's the tone, then that's respectable. I don't have no problem with that because teams are going to do what they do, as we saw with the DeMar DeRozan deal, right? DeMar DeRozan did want to leave Toronto. That man was – he integrated himself in that community. He loved that city, and that city loved him. And yet still he finds himself the odd man out. So teams are always going to do what they do, and so players got to do what they do too. And when you want what you want, you know, you you gotta you know go out and what you and go get it. Now, I'm sure he didn't expect for it to be in 
Toronto, where it's like negative five, you know what I mean, at, at times of the year. Right. But, I mean, if that's the path to get back home to L.A., then, then so be it. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, if both parties keep it real, Kawhi just come out and say, listen, when he does talk, I just felt like I, I wanted to play somewhere else. I wanted to go home. You know what I mean? Greg Popovich took the high road yesterday. He didn't throw Kawhi under the bus. He didn't say he was a bad teammate. Right. He didn't say, oh, we wanted him. He didn't do that. He said, yo, Kawhi was a good teammate. He did his work. And at the end of the day, it was time to move on. And I think at the end of the day, seriously, no, 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 you know, just keeping it real with y'all. I just feel like, yo, when you look at this whole thing, he just wanted to go home. He wanted to be in L.A. That's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And if he'll get there next season, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Now, Popovich took the high road last yesterday, but, you know, during the season, he made some slick comments where he was talking – you know, I don't know. You have to ask Kawhi's people, you know. So he hasn't always taken a high road. And that's going to lead me into my next question. Uh, it's more of a, not about the trade, but what's it like dealing with uh, Greg Popovich? I've done some tough interviews in my day. Uh, but what's it like dealing with Popovich on a regular basis? I've always wanted to know that. Is he as stodgy and curmudgeonly as he comes across, you know, on, on the clips that we see? You know what, man? Um, here's something that I, I think will kind of uh, – Two things that I remember in my life. One would one just happened 24 hours ago, um, and the other happened in 2014 during NBA Finals. And my experiences with Greg Popovich. First, my grandmother died in 2014. It was uh she died like right before the finals started. So, you know, I, I missed game. I, I had game one. I missed game two. Flew back to Philly, and um, so I got to game three like right when the first quarter started. You know, I, the, the 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 funeral was that day. Um, and I took a flight from that funeral and got down there right before, um, you know, game three in Miami. And so I didn't see him during that shoot around or that period at all. And so the next day I saw him and he looked at me and said, where the hell were you at? And I'm like, I said, my grandma died. And he, you know, his face were expression just looked and he kind of grabbed me like, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like he embraced me. And that was kind of, I felt like that was kind of dope. He didn't have to do that. Um, and then yesterday, you know, after the press conference was over, I seen him, you know, I rolled down his windows, he was walking out of his car. I got out of my car and I went, you know, because we were talking about him leaving and I was joking with him. I said, man, you can't go anywhere. This town, this community still needs you. They, people need you to speak for them. Uh, you, you're a voice for the voice. And he laughed and he's like, you know, they, they need me for humor. They don't need me like that. And I'm like, yes, yes, they do. Uh, but then I, I shook his hand and I, I kind of showed him that same love that he showed me because back in 2014, because his wife had just passed and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he felt really moved by that, man. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, and I told him this, I'm not a reporter and you're not a head coach. We're two human beings, mm-hmm. man. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what matters. And, you know, I hope, Greg, that you, you know, time's going to, you know, heal all that. But, you know, I'm just happy to see you back, you know what I mean, smiling again. You know what I mean? And he kind of, like, felt that. Um, and so from that level, you know, that's why I can never really take anything. You know, I know he's a little bit grouchy sometimes during press conferences. I can't really take all of that seriously because I know how he is behind the scenes with the cameras not rolling. What people see, what I might put on Twitter when he's making jokes and stuff like that, that's him in public. But behind closed doors, he's just a genuine dude. Yeah, you know saying, what I mean? Like, listen, don't get me wrong. Like, when there's sometimes when he's snapping off and I ask him <laughs> questions, you sometimes you're like, yo, man, who you talking to? Like, you, you feel that in you. <laughs> right, like, right. I'm a kid from North Philly. Like, right. I've always wondered like, that, too. Yeah. Do you feel yeah, some yeah, kind yeah, of way? Like, yeah, yo, you didn't have to come yeah, at me like that, yeah, you know? Yeah, but it's yeah, good bro, to hear that. Like that's human nature. It's yeah, good to hear that, 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 that he has a human side and he has a sensitive side. And he's, he recognizes that, look, like you said, at the end of the day, 
you know, there's certain uh, performance art to it. You know, he, he's Greg Popovich, right. the head coach. But at the other, at the end of the day, you're two human beings that can show a level of sensitivity to one another. So I appreciate that. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's a regular guy, man. Yeah. No, I've had he, – he's gotten me a couple times with questions. Uh, he, you know, he, he told me once that's, that's not a good question. <laughs> like that, but then, but then, like a couple, you know, a couple minutes later, uh, you know, he he answered it. It was like full of life. So you know, you never, you know, he's a good guy. I think. I appreciate that. Well, but- I, I tell everybody who asks me, I say, man, listen, there's a couple of I call it pop rules. Um, never ask him, you know, if he's happy or not. <laughs> Although he, you know, he's getting older now, so he might use that word happy a little bit. And I might remind him, like, hey, you just use that word happy. And, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, he don't like that word when it comes to asking him if he's happy about what happened on the court or whatever like that. Um, and number two, uh, when you see him embrace a player or, you know, he'll brace LeBron at midcourt or something like that and say something to him, at the press conference, don't ask him what that combo was like. Don't ask him, hey, what did you say to him? He ain't going to tell you a damn thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, he don't, he keeps stuff personal and, and that's that. You know what I mean? Like, listen, this is how personal he is. You know, even at, at game, what was that, game three, you know, first round, he didn't even allow the team to do a memorial, um, you know, just a, a moment of silence for his wife. He didn't want it. He didn't want it at all. So we told him not to do it. It was supposed to be business as usual. He wanted that to be personal and his family to grieve along with his friends. Um, and all of the city was definitely grieving, you know, at, at for him. And, and, and they were in his, his they, he was in their thoughts and prayers. He's, he wanted it. He didn't want it in the spotlight. So, you know, I mean, that just shows you he's just a personal, you know, very personal guy. You know what I mean? But at the same time, at the end of the day, he's also a human being. And he does have a, a you know, a nice side to him. Now, let me ask you one more question. How should DeRozan feel about this trade? How should he feel about going to San Antonio? It's a 47-win team. He's going from the number one seed, a 59-win team, to a team that's not totally rebuilding, but in the process of, of shifting gears in a new direction, changing, maybe changing their philosophy, moving on from Tim Duncan, moving on from Tony Parker, who signed a deal with the Hornets. How, how should DeMar DeRozan feel? What should his thoughts be coming to San Antonio? Well, I mean, I, it's not on me to say how a dude should feel. Um, I mean, I know for a fact that when he's coming here, he's going to be coached. Uh, you know, Greg Popovich is going to coach him. Uh, I mean, that's the one thing I, I, I can say. But, um, you know, based off of his previous social media comments, he's not pleased with it. You know, he's hurt, uh, as he should be. You know, if a team tells you, you know what I mean, like if a job tells you, hey, we're not going to lay you off or we're not going to fire you, you know, you know you're getting called in the office the next day, you feel some type of way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yo, what was that 24 hours ago? Now I understand things change, but if that's what the Raptors told him and they still did it, then that's just that's that's wrong. I mean, that's that's you know, you, how you gonna do something like that? Now, if, if the tone was more like, hey, you know, they asked about you, you didn't say we was, we didn't say we wasn't, but we're gonna keep you posted. But you know, hopefully, I don't have to make this deal. I don't want to. It's different. But if you just flat out told a dude, yo, we're not trading you, and you still do it anyway, then you know that's just that's corny. It's just that's stuff. It's just that's funny style corny stuff. I don't like stuff when people do that. And so that's why I always I'm an advocate of when players always want to do what they want to do because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, teams gonna do what they want to do. Absolutely. I could look at that with Danny Green too. Like Danny Green has done nothing but play hard for this town and this and, and the Spurs, and it was into the community. Um, just a nice dude, uh, fellow New Yorker. Um, I mean, he just came and he was just a pro about it. You know, this is a dude who was cut twice by the Spurs and mm-hmm. still persevered and still showed that resilience to come back and say, yo, I, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to get another shot. Big pop to give him another shot. And he got it. And he done nothing but deliver, you know, playing defense, hitting big three-point shots, coming up with a, you know, a huge defensive play. And even took and gave them a huge discount when he signed that 
freaking four-year, $40 million deal, knowing that he probably left $15 million on the table. You know what I mean? Like, he gave him a discount. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, though, when it's time to move on, they got to move on. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, not to digress, but like I said, I think DeMar is obviously, you know, still hurt. But he has people here, and I know him and Rudy Gay are really, really tight to hopefully be able to help him buy into what the Spurs are. And if he does and they find a way to utilize him, he could still be a top player. It's going to be tough in the West because there's way so much more talent. Right. Uh, but somebody asked me this question. I asked y'all, like, if DeMar had started his first few years or played up until this point in his career in the Western Conference with all this talent out here, would he have made for an, all- for an all-star game? You know what I mean? A lot of people might be like, nah, he probably wouldn't have. Yeah, but he was an E. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah. But, you know, so, you know, it's not to knock his talent, but it's it's tough out here. It's really, really tough. So, uh, being able to be coached by a guy like Greg Popovich, I think is going to work to his benefit because um, Greg is going to put him in some situations that um, he can really exploit. And then he's, you know, obviously that team, playing that team basketball, I think he has a better overall roster um, than he's probably ever had in his career here in mm-hmm. San Antonio with a bona fide all-star LaMarcus Aldridge, right? Rudy Gay, who's, you know, you know Rudy, when he's healthy, I still think Rudy's one of the more prolific scorers in this league. And, you know, you have – uh, you know, a young guy in DeJounte Murray, you know what I mean, made second-team all-defense last year. So, you know, I think his rot, this roster is very strong. And if DeMar buys in and he can think, because he's going to be one of the go-to guys, um, they can do some damage, you know what I mean? But if it's not, if he's just not feeling it, um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, no, I, I expect DeMar, you know, to be big time next year in the West. I mean, he's had, you know, you, you mentioned that, yeah, he might have been a different guy if he came to the West to, to begin with. But now... You know, he's been out in the East. He's proven himself. He has, you know, the utmost confidence in his game at this point, and he's proven he could play. He was an all-NBA guy last year. Um, so taking all that into account, you got the Spurs next year. We were just talking about this with, with the Lakers um, and trying to figure out where where they where we think they land next year when it's when, when the regular season's all said and done, like in terms of seeds. What do you what do you see from the Spurs if everybody's healthy and, and DeMar DeRozan comes in? And does what he should do. Where do you think the Spurs could be? I say top four. Mm-hmm. You know, and the key word is everybody's healthy. Um, right. Listen, the only reason I say top four is not like their roster. Is their roster better than Golden State's roster? You know, keep it real. No. Um, is their roster comparable to the Houston Rockets? I think so. Houston lost a lot of talent. I mean, you lose Trevor Reza and Luke Bamate, two of um, your better defenders. Um, you know, now if they get Carmelo, that that you know that's going to add to their scoring. Definitely not their defense. You know what I mean? But um, you know, I mean, listen, I'm just we ain't we ain't we're not saying anything that nobody don't know. You right, know, Melo right, right. even knows that. You know, he, he, the he's dude a, got a problem. When it he's comes just to he's just older. That's all. You know, his knee he don't, got, yeah, he don't yeah. have any knees anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. But you know, what, these to me, I'm not, I, I, being a lockdown defender. Some dudes are very talented, right. but. Defense is more effort. Right. He never was. And Melo has shown none of that. (laughs) He don't want to show no effort. Him or James Harden. Uh, Well, James showed a little bit of effort last year, but um, they don't want to show effort like that. Right. Uh, So, with that said, top four because of the head coach. You know, like, Greg Popovich is is still one of the best to do it, man. Show me somebody else in this league. You go pound for pound with Greg Popovich, like, you know, there's a theory in the NBA circles that. The Warriors, uh, you know, Steve Kerr is still, um, you know, still kind of like happy that, you know, when Kawhi went down with that injury because that series, you know, in 2015-16 Western Conference Finals, he was like, yo, we might lose this thing. (laughs) You know, because the Spurs with that, he knows Greg Popovich is coming and he's going to be prepared. You know what I mean? And a big part of it is coaching. So, 
Um, I'm expecting them to put guys in, in certain situations, and I'm expecting guys to have some big years. And if that's the case, I still think they're top four, possibly top three, because mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen in Houston. Right. What if they don't get Carmelo? You know, and, and Chris Paul, one of my favorite point guards in the NBA, right? The brother can't stay healthy. Right. He's he, he's going to miss about 20 games per season. Right. You know at, what I mean? At like the, that's at the end, too. Is. At the end, too. Yeah, and, and that's just what it is. And so now you're asking James Harden to do what he does, but maybe with less talent because there's no more Trevor Reza. There's no more Luke Amante. You know what I mean? And you got still got Clint Capella, maybe, and P.J. Tucker there. But, you know, other than that, and Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, but still, like, you still putting all that pressure back on James Harden when Chris Paul was supposed to alleviate all of that. So, you know, the Rockets are going to be dangerous, but at the same time, I think the Spurs will still be there because of the coach and because he has a pretty damn good roster. It ain't no chop liver. Yeah. So I say top four in the West, you know what I mean? And, 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 um, and that's, like I said, that's health permitting, you know, like the guys have to be healthy in order for that to work because, DeMar goes down or Rudy or something like that, and you just leave LaMarcus out there by himself, then, you know, it is what it is. LaMarcus is a great player. He is a damn good player, but um, he can't do it by himself. If he would have did it by himself, he would have did it in Portland. I mean, nobody in this league can do it by themselves anymore, with the exception of maybe LeBron. Uh, So, you know, they they have to be healthy in order for that to work, and, you know, that's that's a a task in its own. But if they're all healthy, like I said, I see them finishing top four. I agree with that. One last question before I let you get out of here. Um, yeah. Knowing Kawhi as you do, what what do you think is next for him? Does he play next season in Toronto? You know, a lot of people have been saying, oh, he might sit out, which would, sounds crazy to me. Um, does he bolt, you know, immediately to L.A. after the season next year? What, where do you see this Kawhi thing ending up? Well, you know, um, first of all, have you all ever been in Toronto? Yeah. I have. I liked right. it. Not, you know, the not in the winter. Dope city. Yeah, yeah, I mean, nobody likes. I've heard great things I mean? about it, though. <clears throat> yeah, listen. One of the first times I went to Toronto, um, and I'm at the bar. That's when I was covering the Blazers. I'm at the bar. It's a hotel thing. I'm just sitting there by myself, minding my business. I'm looking over. I see these two girls giggling, and it turns out they're drawing my pictures. So they come over, and start rapping with me. And before I knew it, we had a club chilling. You know what I mean? We all having fun. Yeah. Like the people there are mad cool. Like the yeah. people in Toronto are so cool. It, it almost reminds me of Texas because people down in Texas are so nice. You know, y'all up in New York, I'm in Philly. We obviously know how people are up there. Like, <laughs> right, you know, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, don't even stare at me. Right, what you looking at? What's up with you? Yeah, like, yo, what, what you doing? You speaking to me. What are you talking to me for? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? They hold the door for you to get in. You looking at them funny. Like, yo, what is right, this? You right. know what I mean? Like, so, you know, when you get down here, you know, a place like down south, it's, it's a different world. And then when you go up to a place like Toronto, the people are cool. They're they're really, really nice. So, uh, and it's a dope city. It's a really, really dope city. Um, so from that aspect, he kind of gets what you want. You're in a bigger city, you know, and, and you just got to make it work. You got to go ball. Uh, right now, Kawhi Leonard is traded. You know, ain't no need of sitting up here and, and being mad about not going to L.A. Do what you do, man. Get your get your status back in this league as being one of the most respectable players because your image took a hit. Right. You got to go get that back. And the only way to get it back is by going on, on, on that court and playing the way that you know how to play. And that's being one of the best, or if not the best, two-way defenders in this league. That's going and scoring 20, 20, 25 points, and then going down and shutting whoever uh, the coach tells you to go shut down. You know, go shut them down. Um, and you made just your name in this league in 2015-16. was an MVP candidate. People knew that you were a good defender, all you know, two-time defensive player of the year, you know, all-team defense, um, NBA Finals MVP, 
go and get your stat go get your status back. Go repair your image. And you could do it in a place like Toronto. Not a lot of people gonna see you in the US. You know what I mean? So you can right. go up there and, and be quiet and go do your work. You know what I mean? Right. Um and go ball. And by next season, who knows? What if Drake then, you know, brought him up to the penthouse and they up there chilling and Kawhi got different stats and you know, Drake like, look, just as much as LA is LA, you know, we up here chilling too. Right. <laughs> so, right. You never know. You know, you never know. Cool. Yeah, Kawhi, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you, you, you good friends with Nipsey Hussle? Guess what? If he come to Toronto, you'll be – so, like, you know, I think it's up to them. And I'm pretty sure the Raptors are going to try to use Drake to get Kawhi to stay. They have to be fools not to. Like, that's a secret weapon for them. Right. Um, You know, try to get him to stay. I mean, and, and hopefully if that Paul George mentality works where you go and roll the dice and it works in your favor, then so be it. And if not, you unloaded DeMar DeRozan's salary. You got some cap flexibility. Got a mm-hmm. couple young Jews up there. And OG and and and, uh, and Pascal, um, you know, go go do what you do, you know, start rebuilding from there. Uh, but so that's why I said earlier the podcast is a win-win for them. You know, he stays, you know, then it's good. He walks, and they they can start over. You know, I mean, maybe you ship Kyle Lowry and you know get even more flexibility. So it's I think for him, Kawhi, it's just that like I said, he has to go ball. Ain't no sitting out stuff. Ain't no yo mama. Nah, you can't do that. You can't because the minute you do that people are going to start looking at you real funny. Like, right. yo, what is this dude? Right. You know what I mean? And so I think that's what people are close to him are telling him. Look, go ball. Just go play. You know what I mean? Go play. And if you know anything about Toronto, that city's going to embrace him. They're going to love him. And he might feel that love. And who knows? You know what I mean? Like, he might stay. And I think that's what the Raptors are making on. But he has to play. And I think he will. No question. Uh, thanks a lot, Jabari. This is Jabari Young, uh, San Antonio Express News, covers the Spurs and the NBA, Philly dude. Uh, great stuff today. I really appreciate you joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, guys, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. That was pretty good insight, man. Yeah, I think he brought up some great points with uh, DeRozan and the coaching. And, and as far as, you know, um, Kawhi Leonard being embraced by the city, which is what you have to do, and we talked about that earlier. Maybe they take a shot. Either way, it's a win-win for Toronto. If he doesn't stay, they have cap flexibility, like Jabari talked about, and they get rid of, they've gotten rid of the DeRozan contract. If if Leonard stays, then you have something to build around. If he doesn't, then you start the rebuild process. You get rid of maybe you get rid of Kyle Lowry and, and go from there. But I, I think I think it's a win win for Toronto. You couldn't have you couldn't keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting to to get better results. They started with the coach, they moved their one arguably one of their best players, and now they're going to take some different chances. Yeah, I agree. When I first saw the trade, my immediate response was like, "Oh wow, uh, San Antonio got over." Like, mm-hmm. you know, they got they got DeRozan for mm-hmm. him. Uh, you know, uh, Kawhi's just, he's just gonna be there for a year. Doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But the more I thought about it, you know, it's like Jabari said. I agree. Like, it was a great risk mm-hmm. because you take on Kawhi for a year. So that means this year they're better, right, than they were last year. Absolutely, right? they have a better player. Absolutely. So whatever happens this year. And then you know you you never know you might convince him to stay. Right. And then you have you have a superstar. Absolutely. Now, and if you don't, if he still wants to go to L.A., fine. You could you could get rid of him at the trade deadline mm-hmm. and get something for him, maybe from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Or you could you could wait it out, do a sign and trade. And in worst case scenario, you you lose him, but but you don't you know you lose the contract also. Right. Absolutely. And you have all that cap space. And Absolutely. You rebuild because we've all been saying that the team with uh, Lowry and DeRozan. That's not going to get it done. No, it was never going to get it done. And we've seen that year after year after year. I think one of the things that Jabari brought up was interesting is the Drake factor. (laughs) And the city. It's a great city. Everybody that I know 
who have who has gone there has had nothing but glowing comments about it. So shout out to the people of Toronto. You know, you have a superstar coming in, you have an opportunity to show them love and, and maybe keep them for a, a long term and have something you could really build around. They just got not only did they get better offensively, they got better defensively too. I mean, right. Kawhi's a beast. And I think people right. forget that, especially myself, speaking from my own. Two-time defensive player of the year. And because we haven't seen him. You know, like like we talk, like they said, if Kawhi doesn't go down in that series against Golden State a couple years ago, right. that series is different. Right. Because they won, what, they won game one? Right. And that series is different. All of a sudden, they start looking at him like, wait a minute. But because of that, you know, an injury, he goes down, it changes everything. And I agree with that in terms of him. You know, he, he can't really afford to sit out. No, he can't. And I'm not even saying, we don't even know if that's what he wants to do. Right, right, right. That's, that's what true. people are saying. Yeah, I've heard a lot but, of chatter right, about but that. He, but he, he can't afford to do I that. I don't think he you, wants to sit. I don't you need think to he, see that you can play. Right. Because you're, you're, just, you're just diminishing your own value. Players want to play. You know, even weekend warriors want to get out there right. and do the weekend warrior yeah. to bring it full tell, circle. Tell me about you it. You know, we still want to play. Can you imagine being that as your, you know, having that as your profession and not being able to get out there? So... I speculate that I think he wants to play. I don't think he's looking to sit out, and I think if he's healthy, he's going to give it a go. And I think he'll give 100%. If for nothing else, to show his next team, hey, look, I still got it. I'm worthy of that big deal. Yeah, no question. So we'll see. And, you know, the NBA keeps churning. There'll probably be another deal or two made in the next in the next couple of weeks. It keeps it interesting. It does. Especially it does. during the summer when not much else is going on. You know, uh, f- you know, football season's around the corner. Right around the corner. You know, you watching this year? You got to, you got to, when you talk to black people, you got to ask nowadays. You, <laughs> you know, uh, I got to see how it goes. I'm going to watch it for, because, you know, the Tennessee Titan player came out and he said he's going to protest the national that. anthem in spite of the fines. So that makes it interesting right there. I want to see how players react. I'm glad he made his comment. He said, I don't worry about the fines. I'm going to, I'll take the fine. Right. So I watch it for nothing else than that. And I like what he said in terms of people who, who would disagree with him or, you know, who would try to shout him down. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, you know, if you don't understand, you know, this is a league of what, he, you know, 80% black players if right. you don't understand or you don't care where we're coming from right i don't care about you right and that's fair it was a drill casey is his name right so I, I respect that and i watch that i want to see how players respond to that to this new uh policy that the nfl has instituted so i think that'll be interesting but as for watching games every the whole season i'm not as big a fan as i used to be and it, it's going in the wrong direction i'll tell you that mm-hmm. as, as a fan of as a former huge fan of the nfl my fandom and desire to watch NFL games is going in the wrong direction for the NFL. Right, and it has to because they keep make, they keep stepping they on their own keep, toes. They keep doing you know just ridiculous stuff like you know these ridiculous policies, mm-hmm. ridiculous responses to mm-hmm. things that happen. I mean, and then there's the danger of it. You know, one of the things we didn't get to was a CTE right. issue that Fedora was talking about. There's an inherent danger in football, and you know. Is it morally right to keep watching guys bang their heads into each other knowing the end result could possibly be brain damage and potential suicide and all that? So on some level, I have, I'm having some internal battles, you know, just you know, not to bring the show down, but, <laughs> you know, we got to end on a strong point. But, you know, to answer your question, I don't know. I'll see how I feel when football season starts. I hear you, man. I hear you. So obviously that, that topic we'll, we'll get into yeah. in the weeks to come. The months to come. No got to talk a little. You know, football is a driving yeah. sport, so we got to talk. And I got to watch on yeah. some level, you know. But I have mixed emotions about it. All right. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in the future. Uh, another great show. Shout out to Bill, wherever you are now. Bill, yeah. The great, the legendary Bill Roden, who's, who's about right. to be a, a NABJ 
Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. There you go. He deserves um, it. No question about it. Uh, follow him at, at WC Roden. Uh, follow the show at Bros Pod, Bill Roden on Sports, at Bros Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at O-Dog B- WBKS1. And check out the show every Tuesday night. We'll be back August 7th. We'll be talking football, you know, the upcoming season. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so check out the show. It's in the game Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Thank you. Definitely. Definitely do that. I'm I'm on there. Yeah, absolutely. You know we're going to get you back. No question. And follow me on Twitter at Blackatologist. Uh, Blackatologist, but black. At Blackatologist on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, and definitely uh, download the show. Uh, like it, comment on it. Uh, Bill Roden on Sports on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, definitely give us your support. And uh, we'll definitely be back. I'm sure Bill will be back next week. And we'll check you guys then. Appreciate Take care. It. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.